So we are back on the bench from this episode 18. I'm your host, Gorgs. So today we just commemorate the start of the international season. We have four special guests from the Pertz's side, ranging from KG, Kajiso Rabata, Kunde Dukok, Rasafana Dusen, and the team doctor, uh, Dr. Shuaib Manjira. So do stay tuned on Madiba's radio, the best youth station in the Bay. Now, hey, now, enough of the arguments. But she's 
sips of Coca-Cola She can't tell the difference yet That's what you're coming for But they don't wanna let you in it You drop your back to the floor And you're asking what's happening It's getting late now, hey now Enough of the arguments But she sips of Coca-Cola She can't tell the difference yet She can't tell the difference yet Congratulations on a on a fantastic IPL. Um, I guess after the sort of 2019-20 season, uh, you showed again at the IPL that you really are amongst the world's greatest fast bowlers. Um, how keen are you on on backing that performance up against now you're coming up against the world the world champions in England? Sorry, KG. Can you just unmute yourself? I thought, I, th I thought I was uh, unmuted. Someone obviously muted me. Someone. <laughs> Kidding. Um, uh, no, thanks. Thanks, Ken. Uh, I think, um, yeah, the IPL was, it was a great tournament, but in cricket, especially when you're playing on the international stage, uh, you always have, have to repeat your performances on a constant basis. So it's definitely not an easy, easy place to, to play cricket. You're never in your comfort zone. Um, especially when, you know, you know, when things are not going as smooth as you'd like them to. Sometimes you hit a purple patch, but most of the other time you're just literally scrapping. <laughs> so 
playing against England, um, I've played against them uh, quite a few times and it's never easy. Um, but it doesn't change the fact that whoever you play, every game you have to come back and you have to do the same thing. So that's something that you know, us as cricketers know that we have to, you know, to do. I wouldn't say it's, um, it's overwhelming you know, playing in a series like this. Uh, definitely, you do give, give them a lot of respect, just like you would any international side. Um, but <clears throat> cricket is a, a repetitive game and you have to repeat that on, in every game that you play. So I guess that's the challenge at the end of the day is to, to see how well, how well you can do it. And, and that's why we play. We play to win as well and to, to test ourselves individually. You mentioned that cricket is a repetitive sport. I wanted to ask you, what was it like though playing this year in this abnormal environment in, in the IPL? And now, what is it like coming from one enclosed environment, coming to another bubble though? What is, has the experience been for you guys now in the national setup this past couple of few days in Cape Town? This year? Well, I can only speak for myself. I think at the IPL, the competitiveness was was you know second to none you have the world's best players fighting for the top spot so the competitiveness is going to be really up there and you saw just by the results and by how tight that competition was um, so i felt you know the crowd without the crowd i mean the competitiveness was there but the crowd obviously gives that extra bit of adrenaline and that extra bit of you know drama if you want to put it that way or theater um, so definitely there is an element missing with the, without the crowd, but we, at the end of the day, we, we're cricketers, uh, competitive cricketers who want to compete, you know, ultimately want to compete against other players to, to, to test your skill level. And I think it'll be much of the same this series, but I can only speak for myself. Um, and also getting into the bubbles. Um, yeah, it can be quite tough. Um, you can't, you know, interact. You can't, you've basically lost your freedom. It's almost like uh, luxury prisons that we're in. <laughs> but at the end of the day, you just have to remind yourself that we are fortunate. Not many people right now, or people right now have lost their jobs. People are struggling at the moment. So, I, I just try to remind myself that, you know, we, we must be grateful for the opportunity that has been given to us, first of all, to earn some money and second of all, to do what we love. Um, and, you know, we're not, we don't get treated too badly. I mean, we stay in great hotels, we get the best foods. It's just, um, it's, like, it's like a spoiled, a spoiled kid uh, not getting what they want at the candy store. But, um, at the same time, it can be it can be quite tough because you're just surrounded so you're just surrounded by four walls most of the time, um, and that can play a factor mentally. Um, but like I said, just reminding yourself um, of all the good things that are happening, and yeah, that should get us through. But we had to play cricket in that same vein, so the cricket. Once we start playing, I think we'll take away from the, the I don't know, the desolate time. Um, 
KG, can you remember the last time you played in such an empty environment? Um, and you've spoken about um, the, getting the motivation from the crowd and that energy from the crowd. How tough has it been to drum yourself up? You're somebody who feeds off the audience uh, quite strongly. Um, and has it given you a greater appreciation for what it is that you do for a living? Because obviously the rest of the world, many people have gone through very difficult times, lost jobs. Um, so to, to be still be able to do what you do, even in this weird environment, what's that been like? Yeah, by it, by it. I think, um, look, I think the crowd definitely plays its role, um, a big role. They, yeah, first of all, we have our supporters and you know, they kind of add to the drama. But at the end of the day, you know, when you're playing against, if I'm running into, I don't know, Joe Root or whoever, the last thing I'm thinking about is, it's a contest between me and him, if, if, if I can put it that way, just to use his name as an example. Um, it is the, the competition, uh, maybe, maybe you guys don't understand what we players go through but the competition is, is extremely high. And there's a lot at stake to it. And, you know, it's not easy. And cricket is not a game that you just go to. And if you want to land the ball in a certain area, you can do it. It doesn't work like that. It's not like you wake up every morning and feel a million bucks. So you, there's a lot of things that you have to fight through. And uh, maybe that's what the public don't understand. Um, it's, 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 I'm not complaining, but I mean, the crowd can get you going 100%, but at the end of the day, no one is really bowling the ball for you. Um, and you're playing against some quality, quality um, opposition. But with that being said, I mean, a Newlands crowd on, on, the, on, the, on the New Year's Test match or a Pink Day crowd at the Wanderers where it's just so electrifying. I mean, it's great. And especially when we're winning, it's wonderful to, to have the crowd there. You know, when you go to PE, they get behind you. So we've got some really patriotic fans that we're definitely going to miss. Thank you, KG. Um, tennis. Hi, Kakiso. Um, I was wondering if you, your um, good um, form at the IPL, do you think how much of that had to do with the fact that you had an extended race before lockdown and then even into lockdown? Um, and, and is that something that you would like to, to replicate uh, in your career going forward, long extended rests to keep yourself fresh? Um, yeah, that's a tough question to answer. I'm not sure what it's down to, really. Obviously, I think the break helped just to refresh the body, to take the mind off of a lot of things. Um, but I don't know if the long extended breaks are going to happen. So, well, in the future, because cricket is just getting more and more. So I think it's important, uh, I guess, to find a way and to see the best ways to, to stay fresh and kind of take it in your stride. That's the only thing you can do. Um, I'm not sure how much of it is due to a long break. I would say quite a bit of it, yeah. Um, but I don't know how it's going to go in the future. I don't think we're going to get breaks that long unless we get hit by 
know, COVID-20, then maybe, maybe it can work again, but let's hope not. Well, uh, you know, when you watch the IPL, you, you see looks on players' faces as if they're having the times of their life, you know, and, and, and you wonder whether it's different from international cricket in that respect. Is, you know, obviously there's pressure you want to win, it's competitive, there's a lot of money, but it looks like a lot more fun than international cricket. Would that be true? Oh, that's uh, that's. I think that's an interesting question. Um, it's definitely a lot more like um, superstardom hype. Most definitely, there's a lot of superstardom hype. The big media teams that are so the con uh, content creator teams that are behind all, uh, all the teams. Um, there's a huge following. You have all this, the biggest stars in the world that go to that tournament. So I guess, yeah, there's going to be that, you know, that superstardom type hype. Uh, a lot of meet and greets, you're meeting a lot of new players. Uh, I'd say, yeah, international cricket is, uh, is more serious, 100%. So I, I, think, I think you might be right. Although we do have fun in international cricket, you know, you're with guys that you know. Um, and, you know, there's jokes that we have, certain jokes that we have in the team, but I definitely think it's much more serious, even though the IPL is quite serious. We come together as a team and we all have one objective, but I think you're right. The IPL has a bit more uh, funders to it um, without saying that they, they, there is no fun in international cricket. Of course there is, but I think it's held at a higher prestige, most definitely. Having had such a long break, you know, we saw that then sportsmen had time for some other things. I'm thinking of like Marcus Rashford and the work he did with school meals and starting a book club for young boys and so on. Um, you know, you've been someone who's, who's got a, lot, a vast array of interests outside of cricket. Um, how important do you think the role of sports people in dealing with social issues is? And, and what did you do in the lockdown uh, to kind of reflect that? Mm, I think it is important, especially if you have a platform um, like you do in sports or as a sportsman, um, at spreading the right message is important. Um, it doesn't mean that anyone should get out of their way to, to do it, but I guess if, if you would like to, then it's, it's important if you want to spread um, uh, the right message, then it's important or any particular message, you have the platform to do that. So there is huge responsibility in the things that you say and the things that you, you stand up for. Um, I mean, obviously we've seen, you've seen the roles that um, sportsmen had to play in, in all the political movements that were happening during the lockdown. Um, myself, and I did express myself on, on Twitter. Um, I expressed my opinions on there. Um, I did that through uh, some podcasts that we did um, but otherwise, not getting in it too hectically and not writing essays about it, not writing doctorates about it, but at least uh, I, th I threw my two cents out. You have to be a bit smarter now because, you know, when I first got in, Zahir was talking about, you know, being amped. I was... I was, I just really wanted to play every single game. 
when I first started. And not that that ambition is gone. I, I definitely have that ambition. But now it's just about being smart with it. Um, you have to realize you know, there, is, there is a long career ahead. There's a lot of volume of cricket. How can I stay fresh? And being fresh means that you're going to play close to your best too. Um, so it's just about being smart with it. And it's, it's just going to take some good communication between myself, the coach, and the fitness trainer, or, and the medical staff, rather. Um, so I definitely do have a say in it. It's, I definitely do have a say in it. Um, it's just about being smart with it. And it's just about me taking the advice of the medical staff and the medical staff, I guess, hearing me out. And then that's how it's going gonna, it's gonna to work. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks, um, Nathan. Yes, uh, morning, KG. Um, obviously, we know there has been a positive result that came from the cam camp. Uh, how has that changed preparations uh, leading up to the first ODI um, at Newlands? Yeah, it's been uh, it's been quite uh, <laughs> yeah, it's been quite bizarre actually. Uh, we have to train in in groups now. Um, um, there's a group of yeah of there's a group of non-contacts and a group of of uh, close contacts. Uh, it doesn't mean that anyone is positive. Um, but it just means you have to take that extra precaution. So that's how it's been. Um, so we're just waiting. Uh, there's gonna be a test uh, sometime soon and we'll wait for, for those results to come back. But training is going smoothly. The guys are getting in the preparation that they need to. And that's the most important thing for now. And uh, I think the team is doing well at, um, the team is doing well at, you're sticking to the strict rules that have been set in place at the moment. It definitely is challenging and it's really bizarre, but we're training, we're training well and I think we're communicating quite well as a group. I hope you are well this morning. Um, we've got Rassi van der Dissen from the Proteas here with us today. Um, I see you guys played against England not that long ago um, in a white ball series uh, beginning of the year. Um, what did you guys learn from that series and do you feel that either you or England are, are particularly different sides? Yeah, that was a quite a closely fought series that one. Uh, quite fresh in our minds. Um, we feel though that you know, we, we weren't necessarily at our best, uh, especially looking at the T20 series, um, which was a disappointing one to lose. Um, we, we played some really good cricket there. And the uh, irony, I suppose, is we won the East London game, which we probably shouldn't have won. Uh, but we played pretty well in the, in the other two, uh, in Durban, uh, with Quinny batting really well. And then uh, us actually chasing really well, needing three of two balls in Durban to clinch the series. And uh, yeah, and, and we just couldn't get it over the line. Um, and then the Centurion one, again, we, we, where we batted really well. I think we got 220-odd and, and uh, unfortunately we couldn't defend that, with, which is a score you, you, you back your bowling line up to defend. So uh, aspects there that we, that we can improve on, I don't think 
either team is much of a different team. Um, so, you know, it's going to be a case of uh, the team who sort of gets going first um, after a long break for us. They've obviously been playing. Uh, luckily for us, some of the IPL guys have been playing. So, um, yeah, like I said, we have we have pretty obvious areas where, where we need to improve and that's what we'll look to do. Thing one to lose. Um, we, we played some really good cricket there. And the uh, irony, I suppose, is we won the East London game, which we probably shouldn't have won. Uh, but we played pretty well in the, in the other two. Uh, in Durban, uh, with Quinny batting really well. And then uh, us actually chasing really well, needing three of two balls in Durban to clinch the series. And uh, yeah, and, and we just couldn't get it over the line. Um, and then the Centurion one again, where we, where we batted really well. I think we got 220 odd, and, and uh, unfortunately we couldn't defend that, which is a score you 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 back your bowling line up to defend. So uh, aspects there that we that we can improve on. I don't think either team is much of a different team. Um, so you know it's going to be a case of uh, the team who sort of gets going first. Um, after a long break for us, they've obviously been playing. Uh, luckily for us, some of the IPL guys have been playing. So, um, yeah, like I said, we have we have pretty obvious areas where, where we need to improve, and that's what we'll look to do. Thanks, Rassi. Nathan? Um, Rassi, the squad obviously assembled last week. Um, last week, since you guys arrived uh, together, has there been any form of communication from the convener selectors or management regarding the next 12 months uh, fixture schedule? If so, can you share a bit about what was said? Thank you. Yeah, we, uh, upon arrival, uh, Victor did address us, uh, obviously as new convener of selectors. Uh, Graham Smith that address us and um, in, in terms of actual schedule going forward we don't know too much as of yet but we know it's going to be really busy so so they basically just told us look there's going to be a lot of cricket uh, if everything goes well uh, in the next 12 months so, so we it's a good thing that we've had a few months off because we're going to be quite busy and on the road quite a bit um, in the next 12 months and obviously with with the bubble situation it'll make it a little bit tougher um but uh yeah we we're gearing up to to hopefully to play a lot of cricket i wanted to ask what is um mark Bouch's messaging about the brand of cricket you're expected to play in white ball cricket yeah i think the the overall message has been aggressive but smart uh it's something that you know it's a it's a philosophy that we want to take forward um, we've been decent in that in in under his in his terms so far. Like I mentioned, the England series where we didn't really click, but then a few things came together nicely against Australia. Obviously, um, still in the T20 format against Australia, we weren't at our best, uh, losing that series 2-1. So we've got a, we've got work to do in the T20 format, but as an overall message, we we. We're really clear of how we want to go about it, um, what what our strengths are, and and what areas we have to improve on. So, um, yeah, Mark Boucher, he's, he's been brilliant in terms of clarifying that for us as a team, and and from a personal point, uh, role definition from players. So, um, 
yeah, I'm, I'm quite excited for where we are as a team. Just more on a personal note, uh, you know, you came so close last summer with uh, in tests and in, in to get into three figures and in the uh, ODI as well. Is that a personal goal you've set yourself? I know it sounds obvious, but are you more interested in the team or have you, have you sort of uh, decided that, you know, those three figures have, have got to come this summer? Yeah, it's definitely a goal. I mean, it sounds obvious, but to, to go out there and perform and make a hundred every time you go out to bat, that's, that's a goal that sort of goes without saying. Um, in saying that, you know, that, that innings at the Wanderers, I don't think it would have made much of a difference there. So, so it, was a, it was a disappointing series for us as well, that, um, albeit test cricket. Um, but yeah, I think I've got three 90s and an 80 for the Proteus so far. So um, it is something I want to tick off. Um, and hopefully when I, when I get the chance to come close again, I can, I can take it over the line. Thanks. Hi, Rusty. How you doing? Just, just wondered, um, do, do you guys feel slightly worse off in England in terms of, you know, they, they have now played a full summer of cricket. They've, they've sort of had their combinations together. They've played as an 11 a lot. They've even had these two practice matches which for various reasons you guys haven't been able to do. Do you, you know, when it's quite tight between two sides, is, is the better prepared team an advantage? It can be, but not necessarily. Um, yes, they've come off the full summer of cricket. They've played a bit more than us, uh, like I mentioned earlier. Uh, luckily, we have a few guys that have played IPL, so they do have time in the middle in terms of T20 format um, but you know sports in general you know you, you get you get thrown curveballs basically every day so you've got to deal with that mentally I think our preparation has been on point considering everything that's happened the management and coaching staff has been brilliant to to give us everything that we need uh, to an extent that they can um, so that's not something we'll we'll look into um, you know, it's a good thing that we're starting with T20 format, um, which is a format you can you can you can express yourself and all, almost catch up to an extent, and and one or two guys in your team can really swing the result. Um, so yeah, it it might be it might be a a, a positive for them having that. Uh, we're not looking too far into that, uh, and and we know that whatever preparation we do have will be will be sufficient. Hi, Rassi. Um, I just want to apologize because I seem to always be the person asking this question, but we've had a, a discussion with Boucher and with uh, KG yesterday about the team's decision not to take a knee. Um, you were one of the few uh, white players who, uh, or one of the first white players who came out and supported the Black Lives Matter movement. Can you explain to us um, how this decision was taken? Is it a majority decision? Why has it been made? And what are you saying to, to South Africans in deciding this? If I can step in here, please, just quickly. Um, the, the decision was made by the entire team. It was, it was discussed in, the in a team meeting. And I feel as though we have had this discussion now for two press conferences, and I would like us to draw a line under it because we can't keep answering the same questions over and over again. Um, if you would like to have an offline engagement on it, I'm more than happy to but I would like us to actually start speaking about the England tour now. Um, hey, Rassi, I'm, I'm not too sure if this falls uh, 
within or the uh, lines because it's not strictly about the England series. I just wanted to speak about the start of four-day cricket. Um, obviously, you were involved first couple of rounds there. there there's some new kids within the setup um, uh, in, in, in your side. Can you speak a little bit about um, the young men that, have, that are coming up uh, uh, at the Wanderers, what you've seen of them so far? Uh, maybe some of the young men who 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 you got a bit of a taste of um, uh, playing against the Cobras, etc., as well. Yeah, I think uh, yeah, it's been great to to get out again and and play cricket again. Um, we've we haven't been on the right side of the results, uh, unfortunately, at the line. So so we're a bit under pressure, um, but we have a very strong squad. You know, we've got guys like Josh Richards, uh, Ryan Rickleton, Delano Potgieter, those types of guys. Kachisa Rapulana, who's, who's had a taste before, but will we'll get a good run now. Uh, who's made hundreds for the Lions. Um, and then we've we've got some fresh faces, a guy like Claudio Bukako making his debut now, uh, Wesley Marshall. So in terms of depth at the Lions, we, we're quite blessed to have a lot of... Uh, Good performance, and then I'm not even mentioning a guy like Vian Mulder, who's almost a new face again after struggling with with uh, injury over the last season or two. Um, so I'm sure he'll be raring to go and and uh, and show why he was backed at a at an early stage to play Test cricket and and so forth. Um, in terms of other sides, um, yeah, I think there's a few few good good. Youngsters going at the moment. Um, Michal Pretorius has done really well for the Knights. Uh, some of the batters, Reinhard von Tonda has done well. Um, yeah, and at, at the Cobras, I mean, I can only speak about the Cobras and, and the Dolphins because that's who we played. Uh, a guy that, like Nandre Berger, who I think is, is a good prospect, which we were sad to lose at the Lions. Um, uh, yeah, and, and yeah, I reckon... Yeah, that's about it. I think a guy like Marcus Ackerman has, has some really good good potential. He's captain of the Dolphins now, so he'll be one to look out for. Um, but yeah, I think it's just exciting. I mean, there's there's a lot of really good youngsters that shows potential. And it's, yeah, I think there's opportunity for them to to stake a claim uh, if they can they can put some consistent performances uh together you know it's i think the protea setup is a is a tough team to break in at the moment although there are some opportunities um but i mean if i refer it back to a few years ago when when we started playing you know you sort of had to uh put three four seasons together to to get a look in uh, into a saa side so you know i think that the challenge for the young guys is to, to not to look too far ahead and uh, make sure you perf- sort of can put some sort of consistency in terms of uh, seasons together. Thank you. You mentioned um, the squad being very clear on what areas you need to improve on, um, especially in T20 cricket, where I guess it's maybe a bit of a mystery that there was such a good ODI performance against Australia, um, but the T20s, the, the protests haven't, haven't really fired lately. What are some of these key areas that you guys are looking to improve on, specifically in T20? Yeah, I think uh, maybe maybe I'll if you, if you yeah let me 
start with the bowling. I think starting well with the ball, uh, which is something we haven't really done. Um, you know, we, I mean, I mean, it's probably if you look at it, the last series, our, our opening batters also put their bowlers under, under a lot of pressure. But being really disciplined in, in terms in terms of starting with the ball against guys like Jason Roy, you can take the game away. Um, and then I, I think our, our death bowling, um, I think the guys have worked really hard on that. And we've, we've seen guy like, guys like Norkia and, and Rabada uh, at the IPL, how successful they've been. So that's, that's an area I think we've improved on already. Um, so, I mean, those are the two obvious points. And then, yeah, I think last, in the last series, we, we had really good starts and then we, with the bat, and then we just maybe fell away during the middle. Um, and then we had really good finishes again. So that batting in the middle, in the middle period, sort of over seven to, to 15 is something that, you know, I think, I think there's, there's a bit of improvement we can do there. Um, and yeah, knowing the conditions in Cape Town and, and Boerland, which is going to be two different approaches. I think that's, that's going to be an area where we, where we're going to look to, to really, uh, have a good improvement. That's it through your career in, in a lot of different positions, also in the different formats. Um, where do you see yourself in this Protea team, in the D20 team, ideally wanting to bat and why? I think um, if, if I'm, yeah, if I think about it, I'm, I'm probably at my best at number three. Um, although you have to be realistic, a guy like Faf. We'll, we'll bet at three and, and he's world-class there. So um, four, three and four is not too much different. So, you know, considering that, I would say four is, is probably the, the position I'll, I'll be looking at. Um, it sort of comes with the responsibility of maybe having to go in in the power play. Um, sometimes maybe, you know, coming in in the middle and sometimes when it goes really well, being able to come in at the back end, which I feel I have all those aspects in my game. Um, so... Yeah, like I've said a few times before, I mean, in the last series I opened once or twice and being an opener traditionally, I suppose, coming from opening the batting in T20 cricket especially, um, you know, I sort of feel I have that that part to my game as well. So um, I've, I've been working really hard to to sort of make my weaknesses a lot better. Mark Boucher has been brilliant with that in terms of the winter and, and really communicating areas where he wants me to improve and where he thinks I can improve and I've taken that on board and uh, worked really hard on that with, with my batting coach at the Lions, Justin Sammons. Um, and I'm at the place now where I feel I've, I've, I've addressed uh, a lot of those areas. Uh, so, I'm, so I'm really feeling, feeling good in terms of overall uh, technique, game plan wise. Um, yeah, just uh, I think yeah, a lot of hard work has gone into it and, and I'm, I feel I'm, yeah, uh, I'm in a good. I'm in a good place. If I could just follow up quickly, sorry. What what were those areas that you um, that you needed to improve on? It's the start of my innings, um, more specifically referring to to ODI cricket, um, where you know just just a little bit more intensity. I, I sort of eased my way into a few innings. Um, 
in in recent well not recent times in my career so far and you know the, the basic game plan was to to get to 10 20 balls and not not worry too much about uh, my score because I know I can catch up at the back end but I mean that's an area if, if I can be 20 of 20 balls when I come in you know it's it's a lot better than being 10 of, of 20 balls so um, playing against uh, spin in the middle um, you know I had one or two technical flaws that um, that I had in my game which which I, I made work to an extent but not not to say that it was bad it's it's just one or two slight changes that I've made that that can just maybe improve my my game against spin. Um, so so I, I suppose that's the two major areas and and yeah, it's if I can if I can get two to three or five percent better, you know that's I mean that's yeah that's what I'm about. Morning, Quinny. Morning, Doc. Um, Quinny, um, you've obviously got a very big squad down there in Cape Town, but um, have you got like a, a 12 or a 13 that, that you can tell us for tomorrow? Uh, morning, Ken. Um, yeah, we have narrowed down the squad uh, for the teams. Um, obviously, we've actually had to pull in um, the ODI and T20 squads. Um, and at the same time, obviously, because of COVID and, and just the regulations of being a bubble and stuff. So. We have narrowed it down. Um, uh, we'll go. We'll go down. We'll go to the wicket today, and we'll start preparing our our 12 to 13 man uh, team uh, squad, if that's what you want to call it. Um, and yeah, for now we, like I said, we'll get to the ground and we'll start making our decisions. Um, hi, Quinny. Um, just uh, if you look at the last series against England, it was it was really close. It was you know it was gone. It went down to you know the last two balls in three games and the last over in the third one. Um, how close do you feel you are to this England side? And, and also just if you look at their, their white ball record over the last few years, would you say this is one of the, the better teams, one of the, the, the gun teams going around in one-day cricket, in white ball cricket? Yeah, obviously um, England have a, an unbelievable record um, and a team that, that's full of match winners. Uh, um, but I think last year, the, the last series we played against, I think we definitely gave them a run for their money. Um, you know, I think both teams played played unbelievable cricket. Um, obviously, it was disappointing we didn't we didn't win the series. But I thought the way we went about things, uh, we always we always fought to the end. We, we knew we didn't just sit back just because we knew it was England. Um, and yeah, I think. I think this time I think it should be a good contest again. Um, if I look at both squads, I think um, we're almost almost matching. Um, obviously, one or two two more things are a little bit different, but I think I think when I get out to the field, I think it's going to be a close close contest once again. And Gwenny, just just personally, um, last season you you spoke about like um, you know you you got you you raced out of the blocks, you got. Starts, but you you felt that you you know you never you didn't you didn't kick on and get that really big one. Do you feel that like, often IPL and, and another good IPL that that you there you in that phase now that the big one's just waiting there that it's, it's coming. Yeah, um, I remember that uh, saying that. Um, I think that was more more towards Test cricket, but um, but yeah, um, I think just because I played the IPL doesn't guarantee me to. 
to score runs in this next series. Um, but Joe, if I, if I, I'd love to get off to a couple of starts and making sure I capitalize on them. Um, I think that will help uh, help out our situation big time. Um, so yeah, if I get an opportunity, I'll try and try and grab it with both hands when I can. Hello, Quentin. Um, we've just come through um, a very exciting IPL, which of course you played in, as you've just said. And it did seem as if T20 took, you know, just a great leap forward as a format. I think it was became a lot more watchable and more interesting. Is there something that you can bring from this IPL into into the way that South Africa plays? Um, I think you know, in in the team, in the team, there's a lot of IPL experience. So um, I think you know, I can bring my little bit, and one or two other guys can bring all their little bits, but. Um, you know, I think IPL, you can't, IPL is very different, um, especially the way it was played this year. Um, so I wouldn't say there's a lot, um, but uh, well, there's, I wouldn't say there's something I could bring in that the guys don't know already. Um, so yeah, um, but if something pops up or if one of the guys, uh, guys like 5kg, I know those guys who have played the IPL this year. When things do come up that they've noticed that that hasn't popped up, or we can take as a learning South African team, then it does it does come up. So um, you know, it's probably the smallest things. It's not the most obvious things, but you know, when we do have a chance for this team to to learn something new, and then and yeah, we we we, we tell the guys um, this is what you've learned, and yeah, it's just so helpful. You've been in a in a championship in a champion team the last two years in the IPL, obviously. Winning World Cups and so is, is is a big monkey on South Africa's back. And looking for looking forward to the to the T Twenty uh, World Cup. You being the captain with that experience of what it takes to to win a, a big tournament. Um, what are some of the characteristics that you that you see, saw at Mumbai Indians that you'd like to incorporate um, in South Africa with that goal in mind of, of winning a tournament? Uh, to be honest, uh, there's actually not much that I want to change that the protests have, uh, that Mumbai have. I think it's hard to make one the exact same as the other. Uh, Mumbai, it's, it's its own team. Um, and I don't think any other team can really replicate what's, what's, what's happening there, uh, what we have there. Um, but I can uh, sh share my experiences on how we've gone about winning, winning the tournaments there with Mumbai, um, you know. I can share that with the team uh, over the course of the period. And yeah, I think that will help out a lot. Um, like I said, I don't want to change much what's going on with the team. I think we've got something really good going at the moment, which I feel confident about. Um, so yeah, there's not too much uh, that I want to change. Obviously, one or two, one or two small things that I've, I've seen at Mumbai and why they win trophies. Um, but other than that, not too much I want to change though. If I can just follow up quickly, um, what what are those one or two small things that that make Mumbai help that help them to to win trophies? Is it more? Is it tactical? Is it is it physical? Is it mental? Well, yeah, I think it's most of it's probably mental. Um, I think the players in the Mumbai squad have. I think a couple of them have won. Uh, there's a lot of trophies that have been won in that room, not even just from Mumbai, uh, but you guys got like. Uh, Rowett, um, Polly, 
uh, but, you know, there's a lot of guys and there's a lot of trophies that are in that in that team. A lot of experience on how to win trophies uh, in that team. Um, so I think it's more a mental thing when they rock up. Um, I think that's what it really boils down boils down to. Um, so so yeah, I think that's that's. Um, Bouch spoke in the week about uh, this being an opportunity to to change perception um, among South African cricket fans who've obviously endured a tough uh, 2020 as as you all have, um, you know. But the the goings on uh, without any cricket being played has left uh, South African fans largely frustrated with 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 the products at the moment. Do the players share this uh, viewpoint of this being an opportunity to to change perception, and is it um, you know a fresh start in that sense? Yeah, uh, yeah, it is. Um, the guys um, are, are very keen to play. Um, it's been a while since we've uh, played for the for the Proteas, and I think the guys are ready to go and, and help change what's been going on um, around uh, cricket in South Africa. Um, obviously, we're the leaders up front uh, uh, in the country, and, and we're gonna try to lead from front. Um, and yeah, the guys are keen to get out there and get going with it. Quinny, uh, do you know who will open the batting with you? Uh, I guess Temba, Yanaman, uh, John John are the candidates. And who would you prefer to open the batting with? Look, uh, yes, we we do kind of know, but yes, uh, just uh, from an anti-corruption point of view, it's rather not. Yeah. Uh, hi, morning, uh, Quinny. Um, just a question for you on the England team, and in particular, Ben Stokes. Um, you'll have come up against him many times, IPL and internationally. His T20 record isn't that great for England compared to his test and one-day record. But does that mean anything? Is he still uh, the player that you're perhaps most wary of? And if not, who is? Yeah, I think that, I don't, like I said, I, like I've always said, I'm not really a big believer in records and all those things, especially when it comes to that sort of a record. I think I've just come off, I just played a game where I was the keeper and Ben Stokes just smashed 100 against us. So um, he's still a very, a very top class uh, player. Um, he adds a lot of value to that team. Um, Stokes, I think, but to name, look at this squad who I think is going to play. I think there's a lot of guys to watch out for. Um, so, yeah, you, know, you can't just pick one guy. Any, any player from the English team, if they come off, um, you know, they, they could really hurt you. Um, so, yeah, it's not just one guy. Even though Stokesy is one guy that can hurt you um, in all ways from bowling, can do something spectacular in the field, batting, all know how, how well he can bat. Uh, how dangerous he is, so but <laughs> he's really dangerous, then, eh? No, you, you... Quinny, you're muted. Sorry, Sorry Quinny, you... can you just unmute yourself, please? Sorry, so yeah, I know he's, he's dangerous in everything he does. Um, and just to follow up on that, um, you talk about some of the other dangers that England have got. What, what, or who else do you 
kind of uh, mindful of, uh, I guess, IPL MVP is, is one. Anybody else? Well, well obviously, Joff, jeez, uh, there's Joss, uh, Johnny, all these guys. Um, Rash, uh, Mo hurt us last year. Um, the whole, that whole squad has got the dangerous players. So, um, so yeah, pretty much any of them, if they come off, they can really hurt us. Uh, Quinny, uh, a month from now is the first official test against Sri, uh, Sri Lanka. Um, have the coaching staff, including the convener of selectors, the victim Pitsang, uh, spoke to you about possibly captaining the side? Um, if not, personally, who are your standouts within the squad uh, who you would recommend for the captaincy role? Um, no, we haven't quite gone there yet. Um, you know, I'm still trying to focus on what I have at hand here. Um, I haven't really thought. No one's come to me yet. Uh, so, yeah, the way it stands, I'm, I'm gonna, just going to go there as a player. Um, geez, uh, and as captain, I think we got... Like, there, are, there are a couple of leaders in the team. Um, no, anyone can do it as, in our team. There are, there are the, the odd standouts. Um, obviously, you got Dean, uh, I think Rossi. She won't do too bad of a job. Um, one or two other guys, I'm sure. But other than that, I think those are probably some of the candidates, I guess. I know you haven't played um, together for a long time. Um, but last summer, you were given the captaincy and it's all very new. Um, do you feel that you're a little bit more comfortable with an armband now? Um, you know, um, uh, in the, particularly in the dressing room, in regards to the, you know, the way the guys relate to you and also... Um, on the field, uh, a little bit more comfortable in, you know, just in backing that, that instinct, that natural instinct of yours. Do you feel that, you know, this, you, you're settling into the, into the role a lot, a lot better, a lot more now, so to say? Yeah, I, I guess so. Um, I'm not feeling as nervous as I once did uh, <laughs> when, they, when they asked me to do it. Um, so, yeah, I guess that, that's, that sense of feeling has, has disappeared. Um, I do feel a little bit more comfortable. Um, so yeah, um, the guys have guys have helped me uh, help me uh, feel more comfortable also doing it. Um, so yeah, I think there's a lot of trust that has been made uh, with with me getting this job and the way the team is going, how we're going about it as a team. Um, so that's been really helpful. Cool. And and just. Uh... Um, Mark spoke about the attacking brand of cricket that you guys want to play. I mean, that's that must be up your alley. That comes naturally to you. That so does it allow you to you know to just to be yourself, whether it's captain or batter. That you know that's the way the team wants to play. Yeah, um, I think I think it does help quite a lot. Um, obviously, we try, obviously want to be aggressive, but we also want to be very smart in the way we go about things. Um, you know, uh, streetwise when we're out there, out in the field. Um, so, yeah, that's pretty much the way we're trying to go by. It does make me feel a lot more comfortable. Um, I do enjoy that sort of brand of cricket. Um, uh, it looks like the guys also also enjoy it. Uh, they've taken a while on board. So, hopefully, it's, hopefully it works. Um, but, yeah, it seems like the boys are enjoying it also. Quinny, enough has been spoken about the off-field drama. Just in terms of you and the squad ahead of tomorrow's match, 
How excited are the guys? And just in terms of the fact that there will be no spectators at Newland, something that is very special to many of the players. So what is that state of the players at the moment ahead of tomorrow's match? Yeah, I think the guys that went to IPL have got in, gone into grips with it. Um, with the, the fact that there's no crowds and there's no noise. Um, and yeah, the guys are excited. It's been a couple of months now that we've played. Um, and yeah, obviously with the crowd not being there, I think one or two guys um, naturally will, well, it'll feel a bit weird. Um, and over the course of the game or the series, she get used to it. Um, so yeah, it's just it's one of those things, and it is what it is. There's nothing we can do about it. Um, but yeah, we're just gonna have to live that there's no live with it that there's no crowds. And yeah, like I said, just get on with it, I guess. I I just want to know: Is everybody um, fit and, and ready? Uh, no COVID scares or any other um, injury concerns? Uh, Dennis, thank you for the question and, and good morning, everybody. Uh, from a COVID point of view, all of you are aware that we had one player test positive pre-screening before coming into the bubble and another player who tested positive within the bubble. Both of them are currently fine. We're going to retest them on Saturday and, and hopefully bring them back into the squad um, on Saturday. So both of them will be brought in on Saturday. Uh, in terms of the injury square, unfortunately, we had uh, Dwayne Pretorius pull up with a hammy um, in the court a few days ago. Uh, we did a scan on him, and because this is such a short tour of two weeks, uh, we figured that, that Dwayne wouldn't recover in time for either the T20 series or the ODI series. Uh, and therefore, Dwayne has been released from the bubble to continue working out in uh, at the Lions uh, and, and hopefully get him ready for, for the long season ahead. And sorry, we haven't we haven't replaced Dwayne because uh, we've got a big enough squad to uh, for replacements for replacement players. Uh, Doc, just can you obviously um, uh, in terms of the when the players you know they tested positive and obviously there's physical you know elements to it they they possibly weak or, or all of that but but just also the mental toll of of what they you know what they go through and and also the rest of the squad. You know, when they when they find out that somebody's you know tested positive within the environment, how how has that affected the entire um, you know the the team and the squad? Do you do you play a role in that? Um, we know you're obviously the the medical doctor, but in terms of the way you know they deal with somebody testing positive. Yeah, Zahir, thanks for that question. I th I think it's important for from a number of elements. One is that the players themselves were quite devastated. On, on receiving the news that they tested positive for COVID. Um, so, so if you look at the one player who was on pre-screening before entering the bubble who tested positive, and, and he had to be kept out of the bubble for, for obvious reasons. Um, and there were, I mean, there were two players who were in close contact with him who also had to be kept out. So, so clearly, I mean, he's taken both, both, I mean, he's taken quite a bit of strain in the sense that he's been isolated in a hotel, you know, in town, uh, you know, all alone, um, not coming into the bubble, not participating in training. And, and obviously, there's going to be a lag period between him coming into the squad and getting back to fitness because, because of injury concerns. I mean, if you've been in a hotel room for 10 days, we can't suddenly throw you into the park. So you've got to kind of 
at least give him another seven days to kind of return to match fitness in order to consider him for, for any of the games. And, and, you know, we're playing back-to-back games. So, so clearly that's cause for concern. For, and, and, and it takes a mental toll on him and, and the others. So the dynamic is very different from the player who tested positive within the bubble. Um, and in that case, you know, thankfully we've got a, you know, the, the, the hotel has got a, a wonderful premises. And uh, across the river, we've got what we call the red zone. And we could place the player in the red zone. So there's absolutely no contact. But the difference is that because he was already part of the bubble, there was some degree of limited contact with other players. Um, and, and the obvious impact, then we had to kind of separate the small group in the event that we have to train in small groups in, in order to protect the other players. From a mental point of view, obviously that player has taken an enormous mental hit. Just being COVID positive, and you know, um, you know, the first player was asymptomatic. The second player had mild symptoms, uh, but 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 otherwise, I mean, he's he's fine, and but he, but he's ready to, to come in. Um, and obviously, the players. I mean, I mean, we tested yesterday. Uh, no, we tested on Tuesday. It was Wednesday, and uh, and I mean, it was, it was stressful because you're waiting for these results to come back, and you can imagine what the consequences would have been should we have had a, a positive test. Thankfully, all the results that came back from Tuesday's testing were negative. Uh, but but can, you can imagine the 24 hours or the 48 hours stress that you go through, just kind of waiting to find out what happens. In in terms of the mental attitude, I mean, we had you know we had before before we started the you know the uh, uh, the kind of training camp, we had a you know a continuation of the culture camp, and, and thankfully we had you know two two wonderful individuals here working with the team. And, and they left early on after a few days, but they continued to be available for the team for any kind of support that the team needed, you know, psychological support, social support, what have you. But, but I must add that Saka has also come to the party and Saka realized that the consequence of being in a bubble for prolonged periods of time, for a guy like Quinny or Pat, the guys who come from the IPL have been in a bubble for 11 weeks. Uh, you know, Pat went directly from the IPL to, to Pakistan and then came here. So Pat, before, before arriving, you're fasting in the bubble for 12 weeks, you know, 20 for 11 weeks. So, so there's a huge mental toll that is also being in a bubble. So, you know, while it's a, a you know, cages call, call it a luxury prison, uh, you know, it's, it's actually not a bad environment, but, but just being locked down takes its toll on you. Um, and, and, and Saka's come to the party and Saka's made available for all of the players support, psychological support on the outside for the players needed. You know, for obvious reasons, you can't bring them into the bubble. Uh, but but there's support available from either from SACA or from the two individuals who support with us as part of the, the culture camp of of, uh, of the scheme. So so the short answer here is yes, you know, there's, there's huge psychological psychological elements, but yes, we've got mitigating factors. And you know, ultimately in a team environment, the coaches and the medical staff and the doctor also serve as psychologists in supporting the team, whatever in whatever way we can. So so that's also available to all of the players. Doc, thank you. That, that, and that just the other thing that I wanted to ask you was, um, obviously the players, um, there's, there's doctor, you know, player confidentiality. And, but what, what else was the reason for not naming the players? You, you see around the world, you, you know, you have guys like Christian Ronaldo, Mohamed Salah, they, they come out and they, 
and they, they say that they tested positive. Um, don't you think by actually naming the players that we could, we could also maybe rid the stigma around COVID-19 in South Africa, particularly in South Africa, that it's, it's okay to be positive, um, to test positive. It's not a, it's just, it's a normal illness. It's not something to be possibly be ashamed of and, and, and rid that stigma. Yeah, Zahira, I mean, I think I, I think I take that point that, um, I mean, if you compare it to HIV and AIDS, you know, when high profile individuals came out and said, I've got HIV and AIDS, it plays a huge role in reducing the stigma. From, from a personal point of view, obviously, I'm, I'm concerned about patient-doctor confidentiality. And for obvious reasons, I mean, for that reason alone, uh, and for legal reasons, I mean, I couldn't name the players. And, and no could the team. Um, Obviously, we had to let the team know who the players were because they had come into contact with them. But, but we didn't feel the need to, to name the players in the public domain. However, the prerogative remains for the player. I mean, if the player wants to, to name themselves in a public domain, they're free to do so. Uh, but, but we're not at liberty to do it, either as an employer as Cricket South Africa or as a doctor with a doctor-patient uh, confidentiality agreements or, or ethical obligations. You know, I couldn't do it, but, but the player is, is free to do it should, should they wish to do so. Even as an employer, I mean, there's guidelines against employers naming employees who are, who are COVID positive. Uh, so, so obviously there's certain, certain barriers to doing that. And that's why we considered those barriers and we felt that we, we couldn't do it. Uh, yeah. Thank you. Um, hi, Doc. Uh, good to see you. Uh, just one question. You spoke about, um, you spoke about, you know, the mental aspect of being in a bubble for extended periods of time. How does the bubble work in terms of um, the testing periods between, um, you know, sort of between the three weeks that are, that are, that are going to be, uh, the cricketers are going to be active on the field for? Uh, is it testing every week or is it testing uh, every few days? Um, and obviously, how, do, how, do, how are players reacting to the constant testing in terms of a mental point of view? Thank you. So, uh, thanks, Peter, for that question. So, so just in terms of the testing protocol, um, we tested players prior to them entering the bubble. Um, so, we had to pre-screen and ensure that anybody who's positive doesn't come into the bubble. So, that's the first test we did. Uh, um, probably 24, 48 hours before people got into the bubble. Um, and that could keep out anybody who was obviously positive at that point in time. The second test we did was on day one. Uh, so when players landed here, even after doing a pre-screening test, we tested them again because there was a, a couple of days between them and pl players had also traveled from different parts of the country and, and taken airplanes and, and being at airports and you know, kind of taking transport. So we tested them on day one when they landed here. Then we repeated another test three days later. So between day one and day three, we asked them in a sense to solve a soft quarantine so that they come into contact with a limited number of players because you know, the more frequently you test, the better for the team, um, particularly to maintain and the, the, the integrity of the bio bubble. So we tested on day three again, and that's where the player in the bubble. So on day one, that player tested negative, and on day three, he tested positive, and that's where we had to remove him from the squad. So, so we did the pre-screening, we did it on day one and on day three. We're going to, we repeated the test this morning um, because, you know, because of the first game that starts tomorrow. And we felt that both teams, England and, and the Proteus tested, uh, and the match officials, all tested this morning again to ensure that before we go into the beginning of competition tomorrow, that everybody is negative. Uh, 
And then what we've done is we've kind of treated the, the T20s as a test match and, and ODIs as a test match because they're back-to-back -back games. So between the T20s and the ODIs, we will test one more time to ensure again that the, the integrity of the bubble has been maintained and there's no positive players who would pose a risk to others. Clearly, players don't like the COVID test. Uh, you know, we, uh, we, had a, we had a guy here doing the test on Monday and the players complained. So we had to actually try and get somebody else because, you know, some of them are over enthusiastic and not only get into your nose, but into your sinuses and into your brain as well. You know? So it's, it's quite an uncomfortable test, uh, but, but it's, it's very short. So, so yeah, so both, all the teams got tested. Three, uh, four, today was a fourth test. Um, so hopefully we'll get the results by this evening. And before we go into the game tomorrow, we'll have a clear idea of uh, whether the team is clear or not. Uh, so it's another stressful 24 hours for us. You kind of answered one of my questions really about the testing regime today. Um, what are the, well, what's the situation, what needs to happen um, if you were to get a positive test from the entire match group that's been tested today, if, if you were to get one tomorrow ahead of the game? Uh, Dean, I, I imagine the so short answer to the question is there probably won't be a game. <laughs> so, because, I mean, the, the point is, if, if you've got lots of positives, obviously you've got to quarantine contacts. And we cannot bring in a player from the outside. We can't, we can't bring in somebody without bridging them. And bridging means that we've got to test them at least twice before we bring them into the space. So we've got to test them the first time, put them into quarantine, and test them the second time before they come into the space. So, you know, if people test positive, a large group of people test positive, we wouldn't have adequate opportunity to bridge people into the bio bubble. So, so clearly that's the worst case scenario, which we, we don't contemplate, but if it happens, then we've got to deal with it as it arises and, and determine what we're going to do about it. But, you know, we've got a squad of 24 players. Hopefully we can, uh, we can put a team together. Uh, and, and England faces a similar risk. You know? so, uh, so both teams have the same risk for going into tomorrow's game. Yeah, so um, it's fair to say a fairly nervous night waiting for those results. Do you know what time you're going to get those results? Uh, so, Dean, yeah, I mean, we previously, you know, I mean, the first two tests that we did, uh, or the first three tests we did, we got the results within like eight hours. So the tests were done at uh, 10 o'clock in the morning. By 3, 4 o'clock in the afternoon, we got the result. The last result we did on, um, on, uh, on uh, when was that? Today is on, 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 on Wednesday. Uh, it, sorry, Tuesday. It took us uh, 24 hours to get the results. It was much longer than we had previously experienced, and and that was enormously stressful for us because it was probably the most critical test for us. Uh, so we've we've kind of pushed the laboratory, and and I mean, as you know, the the number of COVID cases in the Western Cape are going up, you know, exponentially. Um, so so the labs also are kind of really flooded with new tests. So we've asked them to give us priority to try and get us the results by the end of uh, of business today. I'll give you an example. So, uh, you know, one of, one of our coaches had a bit of a, a minor injury and we had to, we had to bring in Mali Bongwe Maketa, who's uh, the SAA coach and uh, previously assistant coach of the project. So we had to bridge, we had to bridge Mali, Mali Bongwe. Uh, so it's so kind of, he tested, you know, quarantined for a couple of days and the second test was negative and then we could bridge him in. So we've already bridged some people in, into the squad, but, but for players, it will be much more difficult with the game in nearly 24 hours time. Doc, just moving away from the mental aspect, uh, you talk about the quick turnaround time of matches as well as COVID tests. Just from the players' point of view and their physical readiness 
for a you know limited ODI series um, against England. How do you find the players to be matching up to that training constantly and having to go into that match situation? Uh, and also, like I said, a short turnaround time kind of matchness. So are the players, do you find the players are match ready to perform um, come, this, come tomorrow evening? Yeah. So, Justin, I mean, we were, we were clearly concerned, you know, when we had a long lockdown uh, and a strict lockdown with, with COVID-19 in the country, when players were returning to competition, uh, you know, we kind of, we had to have a six-week lag period for players to get back to fitness. Now, I mean, you saw obviously in the Premier League in the United, in, in the United Kingdom, or the English Premier League, I mean, the injury rates went up by 200%, you know, post-COVID. Um, and I mean, you can see, for example, you just look at Liverpool Football Club and look at the number of injuries they've had. And it's probably a function of the deconditioning of COVID, back-to-back uh, -back games, uh, limited the preseason. Uh, so obviously, that was a cause for concern for us in terms of conditioning of players and being match-ready. Um, so, you know, we kind of had that six-week lagging period. Uh, you know, we, we, we monitor our players on a regular basis. We do fitness testing on them. And, and we ensure that most of the players who are coming in, all the players, sorry, if you don't pass your fitness test, you're not considered for selection. Simple as that. So, and, and we set fairly, fairly rigid, uh, you know, fitness uh, criteria. Uh, and all of them passed their fitness tests. So only then they were allowed into, into the squad. Uh, so... The, the, other, the other thing is that you know, some of the players have come off the back of the IPL, so they've already had match experience. Uh, so obviously people like Kuni and KG played far more games in IPL than somebody like, uh, uh, like, like David Miller or, uh, or, um, or, or Lungi Ngidi. Uh, and, and obviously Faf played, a, yeah. Uh, so, so, I mean, we've, we've had people already playing a lot of cricket. Uh, remember our four-day domestic competition is already on the go and, and we're on our third game, which ends today. Uh, sort of many of the players have been playing domestic cricket, uh, first-class cricket already. And, and so, so from that point of view, I think we've had uh, sufficient match readiness. So, I mean, obviously the domestic, the domestic game isn't the same as a T20 international, uh, but, but I think they've already had uh, insufficient background fitness uh, to take them into this T20 match with the, with the requisite fitness requirements that we have. Hey, Doc. Um, one of my colleagues, my esteemed colleagues revealed last week that 31-year-old Dwayne Pretorius has a new bowling action. Is this injury related to that at all? Uh, because I know it, 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 it's to do with technicalities of plant leg and, and now it's a hamstring injury. Yeah. Shafiq, that's a very interesting question and a, a very insightful question, actually. So, so, I mean, I sat with Dwayne and we kind of trying to figure out how did Dwayne get this injury? Um, and yeah, it was an unusual injury. And, 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 and you know, people who know Dwayne know that Dwayne is an obsessive personality. You know, Dwayne kind of does something right. Dwayne's the first guy in the gym. Dwayne's the last guy who leaves the gym. And, and from a physically condition, physical conditioning point of view, Dwayne is kind of you know, pretty rigid in terms of what he does. And so obviously he was, there was a lot of angst about you know, his injury and how did I get it and what did I do and kind of going back. Um, and obviously, this is, this is presumption uh, and kind of just trying to get an idea of what happened. Um, now, you know, Dwayne used to bowl with a, with a bent front leg. Uh, and about 12 weeks ago, Wayne kind of changed his action and, and going on a kind of trying to improve and increase his speed. Uh, kind of Dwayne moved to a, a straight front, front leg action. 
And, and if you look at a straight front leg action, and I looked at video footage of, of Dwayne bowling, and you can look at the, the degree of hyperextension that occurs. And the muscles that play out in a front, straight front leg and a bent front leg are completely different. Uh, so I surmise to some extent that may have played a role because, I mean, all his life he's been bowling, you know, bent front leg and suddenly he moves to, 12 weeks ago, moves to a, a straight front leg and Dwayne's not a guy who's had muscle injuries. So we kind of trying to link the two together and perhaps the change in bowling action may have had a role to play uh, in, uh, in, in, in Dwayne's injury. Um, but hopefully it makes him a faster bowler. You know, if he can pick up 10, 20 kilometers an hour on his bowling action, then, uh, uh, then, then that would be, I mean, an excellent for him and the proteins. Um, but so, yeah, this is one of the risks of changing your bowling action because you're using a completely different biomechanics, different muscle groups, uh, different strains, and, and, and potentially this kind of cost. Yeah. Hi, Doc. Um, just to go back to the, the kind of mental side of things, um, you're obviously dealing here with high-performance athletes um, for whom mental preparation is, is absolutely vital. Um, and it seems like waiting for results and that sort of thing must put an enormous, uh, there must always be a, a lot on their mind, you know, a lot of downtime sitting waiting for results and that. Um, how much does that sort of, well, uh, do you feel like that would affect their performance a lot? And then if you added in sort of outside distractions, um, you know, there's, there's been a lot of sort of talk about various outside things, which I won't mention um, this week, but the players have been kind of dragged into it. Um, just how bad are these distractions and waiting for results, you know, when it comes to trying to mentally prepare for um, a game against world champions tomorrow? Yeah. Ken, I think, you know, I'm, I mean, you know, preparing without distractions is, is an ideal situation. Uh, you know, just focusing on your cricket, going to training, coming back, you know, focusing on the game, on your tactics, on your strategy, on your personal strengths, on correcting your technique, working on your conditioning. I mean, that's ideal without distractions. But, but in the real world, you always have distractions. And unfortunately, it, it does play a role in the sense that, you know, was, was our preparation ideal? Um, I probably would say that there's been a couple of hiccups. And, and obviously the hiccups have been, I mean, you spoke about some of the outside issues, but, but one of the things that allowed our team to kind of build resilience is, is much of the kind of work we bring in the background at the moment with the squad. Uh, and not only the team, but the entire squad. So, so we're looking at the high performance players and we're looking at the approaches players. And I mean, you know, of the Skokus are camp we did, you know, the culture camp and the kind of building resilience and respect. And, and there's a lot of opportunity within this lockdown time. So there's a positive too. There's a lot of opportunity for the players to interact with each other, get to know each other. I mean, they know each other well, but, but get to know each other and kind of play out some of those dynamics that, that we have been speaking about. You know, it's, so for us, it's not only about symbolism, but about living particular experiences and, and sharing those experiences and, and demonstrating, you know, what we believe in. So, so the lockdown has a positive effect in terms of that. Obviously, the stresses of what happens outside, the fact that you've got to wait for COVID tests, uh, the fact that one of the one of the our our training days was washed out, you know, it, obviously it, it, it's kind of disruptive to to the preparation of the team, but but I'll go back to the fact that I think we've got sufficient resilience to be able to kind of accommodate that and do other things in that in that space and in that period to allow people to get to be ready for for those matches. So, you know, we we didn't have access to a gym, for example. So, you know, thankfully Newlands Cricket Ground had a gym and uh, and they had not using it because of the construction. 
So all the gym equipment from New Orleans, we brought it here and, and players can still use the gym equipment and, and still remain conditioned. So, so simple answer is we would prefer living life without distractions, but, but life is full of distractions and building resist, resilience is not about removing distractions. Building resilience is how you deal with those, with those, with those distractions that come your way, which, they, which always will come your way. So, so yes, it's, it's been a distraction. People have been stressed. And then, I mean, I remember yes, yesterday and Tuesday, players asked me every five minutes when our, when our results are coming back. <laughs> so, uh, so, yeah, there was a degree of anxiety. Uh, but, but as I said, it's part of building resilience among the team. Right, that concludes today's episode of, of uh, the Pentrauma, episode 18 of the Pentrauma, sorry. Um, so you can catch the Protest game against England uh, today uh, between 5.30 on Super Sport Grand Slam. So if you guys enjoyed today's show, you can catch us same time um, next week between 5 and 6 on Madiba's radio, the best youth station in the Bay. Go on with your bad stuff. No.